chose the cross You didn't have to do it Lord but you did You set us free Lord Jesus Thank you Lord Because of Jesus of Jesus, because of Jesus, I am restored. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, I am restored. I'm lost in wonder, I'm lost in and praise forevermore because of Jesus unfailing love I am forgiven and Step, 
times are plenty It's so easy to trust in you To feel you near me I'll let you in on what I'm going through Lord, we trust you Consuming fire 
all-consuming fire. You are my desire. You are holy, holy. I come before your throne to worship you alone. You are You are holy, holy. I come before your throne to worship you alone. Jesus, you are, you are holy, holy. Consume fire, fan into It's a passion for your name, Spirit of God, would you fall in this place, Lord have your way, Lord have your way with us. Lord send your spirit down. trying to adjust to seeing you all. It's great to be here. Just to tell you a little bit about ourselves, um, <clears throat> my wife and I and Anne are from a church in Salford, Greater Manchester. Um, we have quite an exciting time really. We, we run a language school. Um, we, we've had about 40 different nationalities come to our language school in the last three years. It's a tremendous opportunity. Many, many Muslims, and uh, we've seen one of our good friends, a Bangladeshi Muslim, has become a Christian, um, was baptized last year, and his wife is from Russia. She became a Christian and got baptized last year. Um, and we, we, every week we have men, women, and children from different nationalities, many Kosovan Albanians, Yemenis, Ethiopians, um, all sorts of people come along and we sing gospel songs. We have a, a club for them on a Saturday. We do craft work, we do painting, we do all sorts of things and then we tell them Bible stories and they, they really enjoy it, you know, which is quite remarkable, really. We, our background is we used to be missionaries in Africa, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Malawi, um, and now we're based in uh, Salford. I've been asked to speak to you about uh, salvation, and so <clears throat> I hope just for a short time to talk to you about that. Um, I actually applied to come to Edge Hill many, many years ago to do a, a teacher's course and I got turned down. Isn't that sad? Maybe you think it's good. <laughs> and said I went to another college and I, I became a, a primary, secondary school teacher for a while. Um, <clears throat> but I want to talk about salvation tonight and I just want to pray 
and then I would just want to speak to you for a short time. So let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful salvation. And I pray that you'll help us to really understand what it's all about tonight. Every single one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start with a statement to begin with. <clears throat> and this is a statement. Jesus Christ can save every kind of person from every kind of sin. And Jesus Christ has a solution to every kind of problem. And he can break the power of every addiction and every bondage. That's a simple statement, but it's very profound. And that is the meaning of salvation. Let me tell you a true story. My wife and I, we left Nigeria um, by plane 1978. And we were flying over the Sahara Desert. And as we were going over the desert, the pilot came on the intercom and he said, don't worry, but we're having some problem with the engine. You know, don't worry, you know. <clears throat> so we all, you know, thought that was great. And uh, then he said, I'm sorry to say, I think there's some problem with the other engine as well. So by then, we were kind of turning green or whatever. <laughs> and then the plane kind of turned round Instead of flying from Lagos to London, it turned around and started heading back to Lagos. And we flew right back to Lagos. And when we got to Lagos, the plane kept flying. You know, it didn't land at Lagos. It flew right out over the sea. It's called the Bight of Benin. And we could see the waves splashing up. And then suddenly, there was a whoosh of fire. And the pilot emptied all the fuel out of the plane I suppose getting ready for a crash landing and I put my hand under the seat and I thought is there a life jacket or a, a parachute or is there anything at all and I thought I'm going to meet with God <laughs> any, any minute now I don't know if you've ever had that experience and I, I took my wife's hand I shook hands with her and I said Christine it's been really nice knowing you. I was very romantic, you know. So. There was this Nigerian man and he was smoking away. My wife said to him, are you nervous? He said, no, no. <laughs> Chain smoking away. And the plane turned round and then flew back into Lagos. And then, But instead of kind of doing a nice smooth landing, he kind of flew. And then suddenly dropped, you know, like a, a fighter plane. And he came into the airport and we landed. But that brought me up to reality to think I could have died at that point. And I had to say to myself, am I really ready to meet with God? And you know, the wonderful thing was I knew that my sins were forgiven. I knew that if at that point my life should end, I was really ready to meet with God because he'd forgiven me and Christ had come into my life 
through his Holy Spirit. A few years later, I was in Hong Kong, and I began to feel really ill. And I went to the hospital, and they said I was having a heart attack. And I went into intensive care, and I thought, this is it. <laughs> I'm going to meet with God. I live a very exciting life, you know. <laughs> and my wife and son came to visit me in the intensive care ward and they, they had to put on these white robes and when they came in I said the angels have come for me but they didn't find it at all amusing you know? but thank God God raised me up and gave me a few more years of life a lot more years of life I hope anyway but it was good to face up to those things that if I'd have died I was ready and I want to ask you that question because it really brings into focus the whole subject of salvation are you ready if you died today to meet God do you know him do you have fellowship with him are you in um, a relationship communion with God because I want to say this to you that you really can know him you really can. You know, when I was a, a teenager, I wasn't brought up in a family which went to church. I, I was brought up in Anfield in Liverpool. And nobody in my family would have gone to church. But I used to lie in bed on a Sunday morning and just listen to the church bells ringing. And I used to think to myself, if there is a God, I want to know him. If there is a God, I want to find him. And my brother, my older brother, took me along to a local church. He never went himself, just took me along, left me there when I was 14. And thank God I discovered some answers. And I just want to talk to you about three simple questions. There is a story in the the Bible in Acts chapter 16 Paul and Silas great missionaries came to plant the very first church in Europe and when they came into Philippi there was this fortune teller this girl and she went along next to Paul and Silas shouting these men are servants of the most high God and she really got on Paul's nerves it said he was indignant he was angry and after many days he turned around and said you spirit of you know um, divination or whatever he said he said get out and that spirit left the girl and the owners of the slave girl they they got Paul and Silas dragged them into the marketplace and they got them these rods and they flogged them and beat them and they threw them into jail and they put their feet in stocks and they were they were imprisoned because the the owners of the slave girl had lost all the money that they were making through her fortune telling and at midnight what would you do at midnight you're in a cold miserable prison cell with the water running down the walls and maybe the rats running over your feet they were singing hymns they were praising God and suddenly there was a most tremendous earthquake and the stocks the chains fell off and Paul and Silas were free and all the prison doors were opened and the jailer 
he was sleeping outside because he knew that if his prison prisoners escaped he would be in for the chop himself and he had his sword ready and he was going to kill himself and Paul and Silas said don't do it we're all here and at that point he asked a very important question and that's the question I want to ask you now he said what must I do to be saved that's Acts chapter 16 verse 30 and Paul and Silas gave this answer believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household so there's three simple questions I want to ask you one why do I need to be saved two what must I do to be saved and three what are the results of being saved because this is what salvation is all about first question why do I need to be saved I was swimming in the river Niger um, it, some people would say Niger it's, it's kind of the north of Nigeria near the country of Niger and as I was swimming in this big African river there was a little African boy and he got out of his depth and he started shouting help help and he couldn't swim you know he was stuck he was in a real problem drowning and I, I I'm not a brilliant swimmer but I just kind of swam over to him you know have you seen Tarzan films a bit like Tarzan and uh, I put my arm around him and he grabbed hold of me and I pulled him to the side and you know he couldn't stop thanking me oh thank you thank you thank you you saved me why do I need to be saved because I'm lost because I'm drowning because I've got to meet God one day it says in the Bible all have sinned and come short of the glory of God the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and it says something else it says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment so we'll all stand before God we'll all have to answer for our lives before God you know but we're born into this world and we're blind and we don't know where we're going that's why we need a savior when I was a young boy in Liverpool they used to get tremendous um, fog it was you know pea soup fog I suppose it was mist coming in from the river and people used to have a lot of factories and coal fires and they'd let us off school early because you know you, the buses would have to stop because you couldn't see where you were going you could hardly see your hand in front of you and they'd let you out of school and I'd walk home past Anfield Cemetery quite near uh, Liverpool football or Everton football ground and you know sometimes I just couldn't didn't know where I was going I'd, I'd go you know way out away from where I was trying to head to but the sun must have been shining somewhere but I couldn't see it it was so dark and so miserable but that's exactly how we're born in sin we don't, our eyes we, we can't see God we, we don't know God but that's why God sent a saviour why do I need to be saved because I'm lost because I don't know the way but Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life 
No one comes to the Father but through me. What must I do to be saved? Well, you know, like that little boy, Musa. What did he do to be saved? All he did was say, Help! <laughs> From the depths of his heart, he cried out, Save me! It says in the book of Romans, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I want to tell you this. If you don't know him and you call upon him, he will hear the cry of your heart. He really will. He can hear the cry of the heart. With, if you, with all your heart you want to know him, you can know him. What must I do to be saved? Turn to him with your whole heart and say, Please save me, Lord. You know, like that pilot I told you about, flying across the desert. First of all, he had to face up to the fact that he was in trouble. Some people say it's as easy as A, B, C. Well, think of these four words, A, B, C, D, four letters. A, you acknowledge that you've got a problem. Remember what I said at the beginning. Jesus Christ can save every kind of person from every kind of sin. If you know that there's sin, things in your life you don't want, Jesus Christ is a savior. He's got the solution to every problem. If you say, I've got some real problems, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the solution to every problem, to every fear. Whatever is a bondage, whatever ties you down, just like those stocks and prison doors, they flew open. In that story I told you about, so in your personal life, Jesus Christ can set you free. Every kind of person, from every kind of sin and every kind of bondage. Absolutely. So A, acknowledge that you've got a problem. And then B, what, what did the, Paul say to the jailer? Believe on the Lord Jesus. It didn't mean believe about him. It means Put your whole trust in him. Like that little boy. He clung to me. He was so glad to find somebody who could help him. And that's what it means to believe in Jesus. To, to take hold of him by faith and say, Lord, save me. And then C is count the cost. In 1914... This advert appeared in the London Times. It said, Men wanted for hazardous journey. Small wages, bitter cold, frequent danger, safe return doubtful. But in case of success, honor and recognition and that advert was put in the London Times by a man called Sir Ernest Shackleton. Have you heard of Sir Ernest Shackleton? He, he led an expedition to the South Pole. Do you think anybody wanted to go on his exp expedition? People were queuing up to go because there must be something in the human heart which loves a challenge. And people were queuing up to go. Some of them didn't come back, some of them died. But Shackleton brought many of them back and they, they achieved to some extent what they were trying to do. 
Jesus says, follow me. Take up your cross. It might be painful. It won't be easy. But it will be glorious. And then D. I believe you have to do something about it. It's no good just saying, well, that's great. I I really believe that's wonderful. Wonderful what Jesus did. Died on the cross. Taking all my sins. You have to actually do something about it. It's rather like this. When I was a young school teacher, I was invited to go to London with a school trip. And they said to me, just come to Lime Street Station for about nine o'clock and the ticket's all provided. You get on the train, you'll go to London, you'll have a week in London. We'll look at Buckingham Palace, Madame Tussauds, everything. And I was a bachelor in those days and I, I got up and I was hungry. I got the, the bus down to city centre and I thought, I'll just go and have something to eat. So I went in a cafe and I think I ordered something like a bacon butty and a cup of tea and I thought, it's taken a long time, this, this sandwich to come. And eventually it came and I ate it and then I rushed to the station, rushed out to the station And you know what? I'd missed the party. They'd all gone. That was the end of my free trip. You see, I had the ticket provided, but I didn't get on the train. And it's like that. God has provided this immense salvation. But you have to do something about it. You've got to get on the train. Why do I need to be saved? Because I'm lost. What must I do to be saved? Call upon him. What are the results of being saved? In Acts chapter 16, three people were set free through the gospel of Jesus. The first was a lady called Lydia. She was a, a merchant. She was in the rag trade. You know, she was a seller of purple. She was rich. She was a God-fearing woman. It's for the respectable people. It's for the God-fearing people. It's for the rich people. But then there was a slave girl who dabbled in the occult. She dabbled in spiritual things of the wrong kind. And she was set free when Paul cast the evil spirit out of her. And then the third man was the jailer. He was probably a retired Roman soldier, a Roman veteran. He was a hard man. He would have put them in the darkest dungeon and chained them up. He didn't have much compassion. But you know what happened? When he was saved, when he turned to Christ, you know the first thing he did? He washed their wounds. And then they kind of washed him, they baptized him. And then he said, oh, come and have some food. And he laid a big spread on his table for them. You see, the hardness became softness. The meanness became generosity. He was transformed. And God takes away the hardness from people's hearts. God makes people new inside. You can be changed. Now, I don't know if you want to be changed. I don't know. Thankfully, I don't know anything about you. So I don't know whether <laughs> just where you stand with God. But I know God has such a 
wonderful plan for your life. You know, whether you've, you don't know Jesus, you can get to know him straight away. If you do know him, he wants to fill your life with his spirit and set you free from the chains that can bind you. What are the results of being saved? God puts his love into your heart. So you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. God transforms a person. It's so wonderful. I've more or less finished what I want to say, but I just want to encourage you. Jesus Christ can set every kind of person free from every kind of sin. If you've got a problem tonight, if you call upon Jesus, he can solve your problems. He can bring peace where there's a broken heart, where there's fear. He can put his love in. Do not limit God because God is unlimited. He can do so much for you. God bless you. Let me just pray as I finish. Lord, I want to thank you that you can save every kind of person from every kind of sin. I pray for each young person here tonight, anyone who doesn't know you, I pray that they might come to know you, call upon your name. Thank you for dying for us, Lord. Thank you for rising for us, Lord. Thank you that you're alive. Pray for every believer that you'll pour out your spirit in their lives in a new way. Bring them into a new experience of your love and of your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Just a few notices before we close. Uh, the weekend away, which is 27th, 28th, 29th. Yeah, see Simon with your money. Sounds kind of dodgy, but... Um, I've heard he's trustworthy. Um, uh, what else was there? Oh, an itinerary is available for that as well, which Simon has. So if you don't have one and you want one, then put your hand up and he'll come and give you one. Um, Blackpool on Thursday is 7 o'clock at security. Thursday. And if you wanted to go to Fusion, because I know a lot of you go to Fusion as well, Fusion's at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Um, instead of normal 7 o'clock. So it's a joint social to Blackpool on Thursday. And that's 7 o'clock at security. And finally, prayer meeting uh, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for anyone that gets up that early. What? Oh, and um, the CU library is over there if you have any book needs. The end.